This message is provided by Bridgeway Community Church. Thanks for tuning in. Well, welcome church here and online. Happy New Year's to you. And my wife and I, we're excited. We're going to actually get to jump in and do this weekend to remember and focus on our, on our marriage and our family a little bit. Um, we'd love it if you guys wanted to join us as well. Um, for those of you, I don't know if you guys are all late night people. Looks like some of us are maybe still a little sleepy after the New Year's. Some of us stayed up a little later. We did not do that, so we're well rested. Um, but before we get going with this week, I wanted to give you a preview of what we have coming up in our next series. So the next series, starting out next week, is going to be focusing on anxiety, failure, loneliness, disappointment, and how they can wreck a person. I'm not just going to leave you there because we are fortunate we have hope and direction in Christ. So I just invite you to join us as we navigate the peaks and valleys of life together with this next series. With that, let me catch you up for today. So last week, Pastor Justin shared a great message. This is the first part of our two-part mini-series called The Beginning. It was all about the beginning of Jesus' life. And his was right after he was born, just that little, the period right after he was born. If you missed it, you can check it out on our website app or on YouTube um, where all of our page, or all of our messages are. This week, we get to meet 12-year-old Jesus, though, in Luke 2. So I'll let you start getting your Bibles ready or your Bible app ready um, as I share a quick story. So... Recently, um, my son and I, uh, my, my oldest son, he, he loves playing football, loves playing catch with the ball. And so I've kind of figured out like where his range is, where he can throw the ball to. So we're out maybe a month ago playing catch. And, um, and he does something that I, I wasn't quite expecting because he's, he's growing. And like as a dad, I'm obviously missing it from time to time that he's growing. And as he's growing, sometimes there's a little pain involved. We get a little growing pain. Well, this was one of those, those instances. He's out there. He lines up to throw the ball to me, and he fires that sucker. And I'm like, okay, I'm ready. Whoa. <laughs> and it reminded me, it took me back to when my older brother used to do this to me. He would intentionally, Tom, I hope you're watching, um, he would intentionally chuck the ball right at a pine tree so that I would run into the pine tree. And I'm like, son, are you doing the same thing to me? There's this huge tree that he's throwing it right at. I grabbed the ball. Fortunately, I've grown a little bit and learned not to get a face full of pine tree. Uh, <laughs> I still crashed, but, uh, but, <laughs> but it was just different. Like he's growing, my son's growing, and sometimes there's a little bit of pain involved, a little bit of pine tree in the face. Um, that can happen a little bit. So <clears throat> this is so as we get ready to read this Luke two, we're going to be in uh, verse forty one. My challenge to you today is to read this like you don't know the rest of the story. So read it like and listen to it today like all you all you know is so far just about Christmas. You know about young Jesus from Pastor Justin last week, and that's it. You don't know what comes next um, because this is foreshadowing his character. And what Jesus is going to be like. I mean, I, I sit here because I'm, even as I think about this, and even as I've already preached on it, I still, I still wonder what was Jesus like as a kid, as a young, as a young man. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and invite 
our special, we're going to have a special guest come up here today and read this Bible passage for you. And as he sneaks up here, could you do me a favor? If you're able, would you mind standing with us? We like to do this from time to time as we read the Bible in honor of the word. And today in honor of Sawyer reading the word, would you mind just joining us if you're able? And with that, I'll turn it over to, to Sawyer. Luke 2, 41 through 51. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival, according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their friends and relatives. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple court, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me? He asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. Thank you, Sawyer. Would you mind just, yeah, celebrating this little reading? Absolutely. Go ahead and grab a seat. Well, Sawyer is 12 years old. So if it has been a minute since you've been 12 or like some of us, you're, uh, it's been a minute since you've been 12, I want you to just keep in mind Sawyer because... Um, this is how old Jesus is in this story. So we're going to jump back to uh, verse 41. We're going to kind of plow through this passage together. So every year, oh, actually, before I do that, um, if you are, I want to prepare you before this sermon, before we get going on this sermon, that if you are a note taker, or even if you're not a note taker, um, just to be ready, because I'm going to throw a few ideas at you, and I'm hoping that one, just one of these ideas will stick, um, but I don't want you to get distracted. So if you, need, if, if you need to take a note or if you want to pull out your app and type a note on there, um, you can do it there as well. So every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of Passover. There's a lot of things that we're going to notice throughout this chunk of scripture, but this part, the first, one of the first things I noticed, this is a faithful family. It shows to be in Jerusalem every year. Everyone within 15 miles, uh, I had to do a little research on this, but everybody who was a Jew that was in that area that lived within 15 miles of Jerusalem would be expected to go every year. Now, Jesus' family, they lived about 80 miles away. Um, so if you're living further away, you probably would have only gone maybe once in your life. It's, uh, it can be an expensive journey. It takes a long time. Um, anybody in here recently walked 80 miles can vouch for me how long does that take? Yeah, I haven't either. So I had to do a little research on that too. Apparently that's about four days of walking. Um, and I have not walked, walked that far ever. So I'm just going to have to give it to them that they, this was a faithfulness level that is just appealing and exciting and awesome. But we need to back up here a second because I skipped over a piece that I think is super important as well. Anybody catch that Jesus was a kid in a family? 
I think this is, this is, if this is mind-blowing for you, that's okay because it's, um, we're so used to hearing about Jesus as like little baby Jesus in my arms or adult Jesus who is in his ministry that we miss that Jesus was in a family. He was a part of a family. He had brothers and sisters. I can only imagine what it was like to be Jesus' brother, right? Can you imagine, Mom? Hey, James, can't you just be a little bit more like Jesus? I mean, come on. Poor kids. Anyways, um, but this is, we have to get this in our minds because he actually was a part of a family. I think it's awesome because with these brothers and sisters, with his family, they celebrated holidays together faithfully. They did the regular parts of their faith together. And it was important to Jesus and it was important to his family. We'll see a couple other places. If we look back earlier in Luke or um, in Pastor Justin's message, we notice that Jesus was circumcised at eight days just like he was supposed to be. Forty days he was dedicated at the temple. This is just a recurring theme that I see that his family chose to be faithful, even if it was difficult, even if it meant walking four days each year. I think sometimes we think uh, we think differently. We uh, with the Christian things. I don't. We don't, I don't really need to do all the Christian things. I don't really need to do baptism. It's wet and cold, and maybe I'll be in the mood next year. Maybe that'll be what I want to do. Or maybe it's maybe you've had this one come in your mind um, before. I'm I'm tired, so. Can't serve the orphan and the widow today, but maybe next time. Or maybe you've had this one come in your mind. I've already done a lot of good reading today, um, so I'll just I'll read the Bible. You know, maybe next week. If you've let some of these spiritual habits or opportunities slip, this is the time of the year, great time of the year, to start them back up. If you haven't been baptized. Talk to one of us on staff here or sign up on our website. Jump back into a Bible reading plan with us or find a group to encourage each other. All right, let's circle back to Jesus in 42 and let's see what else we can learn from him. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. At 12 years old, um, in in Jewish culture, that's when young men and young women um, would start their training in the law and would be held to its standards. So that would be like their bar mitzvah, beth mitzvah. Um, That's when they would be starting that. It's a coming of age time. We talked about how the festival is important to their parents, but they included, I think this is important, they included Jesus in it as well as a part of his growing up and as a part of their culture, but I think they were intentional as well when they go there every year to make it important. And I love this because I think it's fantastic that they chose to focus on their faith as a family together. And they found intentional ways to do that. Let's go to verse 43. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. But they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they didn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. All right, can we pause for a second here? I mean, I feel like, I feel like if I was Mary or Joseph in this moment, my reaction would not have been just how I read that story. It would have been more like, 
We lost Jesus? Are you kidding me? I mean, seriously, what's the big guy going to do? We lost his precious gift? What is going? Who did it? Who lost him? I mean, we'd be pointing fingers. We'd be playing the name game. I mean, it probably be my older brother's fault. I mean, I'd find somebody to blame because this is huge. Not only is it just their kid, this is the son of God, Jesus, that they have lost. That's insane. <laughs> I think it's easy here to go, okay, let's, they obviously just weren't good parents, right? Like, they, they're missing the boat here. It's easy to blame them, especially when we think of it in our context. We're like, okay, well, I, I mean, if I'm traveling somewhere, I've got my three hooligans in the back seat, and I just look back there and go, hey, okay, they're there, unless they're hiding, of course. Um, but even in our culture, sometimes we lose people or we get lost. Anybody been lost here before? Nobody's being brave. Oh, I got one brave person. That's more than last service, so that's good. <laughs> um, but I think it happens, right? Like we, we can get lost and we can be lost. I had my heart jump the other day. Uh, my daughter's doing this new game that I really love. Um, it's called Hide and Seek When Daddy's Not Ready for It. And she seems to do this about every time that I'm cooking. So I'll go in the kitchen, I start getting ready to cook something really spectacular, a fantastic meal like mac and cheese. And um, she goes off and she starts to hide. And so my wife's probably off in the, uh, in the bathroom in this case or getting ready some, for something else. And so Mia takes the opportunity to go, to go off and go find a hiding place. So I get the food ready, I go set it out on the table, and I'm like, all right, lunch is ready. And they all start coming out, and boys run to the table because they eat us out of house and home. And then my wife comes out, and I'm like, well, where's Mia? Great. I have no idea where she is. Mia, I'm calling around. She's not answering. And I'm like, uh, okay, all the doors are locked. She can't get out, so she's in here. So I'm looking at all her favorite places. She's not behind the chair. Okay, she's not in her bedroom. Where is she? And now my heart's like starting to flutter a little bit. I'm like, is she hurt? Because she didn't get out. Like, where? And she's not saying anything. I'm like, oh no, I'm a bad parent. And my boys, fortunately, are good little tattletales. And they rat her out. They're like, she's under the table. I'm like, oh, thank goodness. She's safe. She's in our house. And she's just sitting on there laughing at me. Um, but I can only imagine for the amount of time that his family is looking for him. I've lasted five minutes before. I'm like having a panic attack. They're sitting there going, what is happening? In Jesus' time, they would have traveled in a caravan with multiple families. Um, I don't know exactly. We don't know exactly how, it, how he got lost. But some of the things that might have played, um, played into this, the ladies sometimes would have left earlier in the day. Um, with the families and other things, and the guys might have come up later on, and they normally met up the first by the first night. Sometimes they would do it that way. So you could see, well, maybe they were going with one or another, or maybe he was with another part of the family, being 12. But either way, they assumed he was somewhere else. So they do the logical thing that any parent, good parent would do. They hook rocket ships to their feet and they hightail it back to Jerusalem, probably in freakout mode, trying to figure out where Jesus is. I think we grow through challenges. And this is 
I think, safe to say a challenge probably for parents and for Jesus. Um, his parents' hearts had to be aching at the thought of losing Jesus. And Jesus is growing through being questioned by teachers in Jerusalem that he wouldn't normally have access to. They're both pushed to grow. Sometimes this is how we grow. We need a big event, a retreat, or a trip to shake us up a little bit, to force us to grow. Take advantage of those. If those are on your horizon, take advantage of those. We have a few of those coming up for students right now and for adults, actually. So you want to check those out on our website. But hard times also force us to grow because we have to. We learn to adjust to the new times and times to, uh, and to be able to grow through the challenges. And I think these are probably new times for uh, Mary, Joseph, and Jesus. Let's go to verse 46. After three days, they find him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding as the answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. I'm sure she probably said it like that. I would have responded a little harsher, I think. As a matter of fact, I probably have. <laughs> you, excuse me, what? You, uh, yeah, you realize you being lost causes a big problem. Like, I, my heart is going, where are you? What has happened to you? Not to mention we're, we're changing everything. We're probably leaving our kids with somebody else's family. This is, this is a big deal. I probably would have come on a little harder, I think. Um, but, but they didn't hear. And I don't want us to get distracted either because they're searching for three days. They have all this on their mind. But I don't want us to get distracted. I want us to focus here on, on Jesus and what, his, and what he's doing in his adventure It says that he sits among the teachers. He's listening to them. I've heard other people compare this, compare Jesus in this time to being, to someone being a little nerdy and going to like pick up a dictionary and just read through the dictionary or maybe be a little bit too into their video games. But I think that's not correct. I think it's actually more more just normal for for the, the culture they were in because to be a Jew, one of the highest things to, to seek after was to be a teacher or a rabbi. And for him to be sitting around all these teachers and rabbis, um, he would be, yeah, it would be a very sought-after spot. Jesus clearly wanted to learn. He listened, asked questions, and it's clear he's growing because everybody is amazed at his understanding and his answers. You know what I think Jesus did actually here? He joined a group. Okay, it's a bit of a stretch. I get it. But in general, he sought out people ahead of him. He sat among the teachers. One of the best ways to learn and grow is through a group. I think we're meant, we're designed actually to grow together. Sometimes the people around us change or need to change. Sometimes our people need a a recharge or a reboot, or maybe we do. But how compelling is it when you're a part of a group who wants to know Jesus, to love him, and to serve him together? There's something about being unified in your purpose and chasing after him together 
that is just captivating, that draws you in and helps realign you with what your purpose is. That's what groups do. If your group is maybe a little stagnant, you don't have to be the leader to breathe a little life into it. Bring a little life and help your group to be focused on those things, chasing after Jesus, loving him, and serving together. Let's go to verse 49. Jesus responds, I think pretty gently, with, why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? This is my favorite verse in this section. It's actually, uh, this is my best verse, if you will. It's not necessarily saying that this is the best verse, but I, when I read through a chunk of scripture, I like to pick out the verse that is speaking to me the most. Sometimes there's so many of them, so I just have to focus on one. Um, so this is my best verse. And I think he, he directs this whole section of verses back to what is the most important, the Father. Isn't that crazy? He could have said so many things, but he says he's about the Father. In that verse, it actually says, um, get there a second. Didn't you know I had to be in my Father's house? Another way of saying that, or another translation of that would be, I had to be about my Father's business. Maybe you're, if you've got a study Bible, maybe it says that on the bottom. Um, this is interesting, and I think those are actually saying pretty similar things. They're both pretty direct. He's telling us what he's going to be about. His father's business, his father's mission, his purpose. And I think this is Jesus demonstrating a little bit of love here. He humbles himself and obeys the father because he loves the father. And the father is love. The takeaway for us is to be about the same thing that Jesus is about. He's about the Father's business. We should be about the Father's business. But what does that mean? What is the Father's business? All right, I know I told us at the beginning not to think ahead, but I'm going to cheat and do that right now. Um, Because at the end of his time with his disciples in, in Matthew 28, Jesus tells us, He says to his disciples, he says, you are to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. They're to be on mission. We're to be on mission. That's the Father's business. If you have been given much, then use it for that. If you know Jesus, others need to too. If you have questions or are wanting to learn more today, find a mentor. If you are humble, teachable, and love Jesus like crazy, lead a group. That's all it takes. Humble, teachable, love Jesus like crazy. But as we go to verse 50, per usual, for Jesus, they didn't get it. Probably because Jesus speaks a lot in parables later on, but they didn't get it in this moment. I hope we do, though. They didn't, uh, verse 50 says, but they didn't understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. Mary's just awesome. And I think this whole chunk is just a focus. I mean, she keeps on treasuring these things, treasuring these moments and being present in the moment. I love it. Um, Okay, so he chooses 
to obey and to continue to do this, even though Jesus is God. And this, too, is to be about his father's business, choosing to obey and follow the good leadership of those ahead of us, our parents, bosses, group leaders. Verse 52, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. These are four ways Jesus is growing. I think we can probably overanalyze this a little bit too much and think, okay, these are the four ways. I can only grow in these four ways. That's it. That's not what we're saying, but these are four good ways to grow. I want to focus on, um, focus on these and talk about, it. talk about them real quick just to give us a few other ideas. So he is seeking. He grew in wisdom. I think he's seeking wisdom. And so that's my question to you. Where, where can you seek wisdom? wisdom this year. The second one, stature, is not our normal word for what we would think about, but stature is talking about he's growing physically, like he's getting taller. Um, some of us in this room are looking around, looks like some of us are probably still growing taller. Others of us are growing out, but we're trying to avoid that. Um, so the point is we should be caring about our bodies. That's what he's trying to, that, that's what my takeaway is from this. So maybe that's the one. How can we step up caring for the body that God gave us? He grows in favor with God. He's continually showing God he is faithful and he's going to follow his plans. But here's the thing. And here's the thing I don't want you to get distracted by this whole message. So if you've tuned me out for the past 25 minutes right now, just listen in for this last chunk because this is probably the most important. Jesus has already done everything we need to do. You don't need to earn your way. Everything that I've talked about, all these growing ideas are awesome. But they're not going to make God love you more. Your God loves you because he loves you. <laughs> his son died for you. He's done it. You don't have to do anything to earn your way there. We get to. We get to out of our love response for him. What Jesus models here. He loves God, and so he does these things. <clears throat> so in our response, let, that, let, that, let this year be a year that our response to Jesus is love, not out of guilt, but let our love motivate us. So is there a spiritual habit you want to work on? Is it time to be baptized? Is it time to jump into a group or a just one? Time to step up in leadership. Or amp up your time with God and the word. And as I wrap up here with my final thought, if I can have the, the worship team make their way on up here. Last one is favor with man. What relationships, what relationships do you need to work on this year? Is there someone you need to reconcile with? Could your marriage use some attention? Let's be honest, all marriages could use attention, so Yes. Do you need to reorganize some priorities to put first things first, to let your relationships come there? Here's the sum up. There's a lot of opportunities here to choose to grow. I've shared a ton. Pick one. Don't do them all. Pick one. Make a plan this week. Meet with your group and bring it up. Let's grow together, even if growing 
is challenging or you might get a pine tree in the face. But together we can be about the business of God. Let's do it. We pray. God, I pray that you will move in us today because it's not about any awesome words that, that Mike says, but rather what you will do in us. Help us to grow this year. Help us to grow together, to grow through challenges and through all of our growth to be about your business. Thank you for the reminder in your word to be focused on you. Thank you for what your son has done. And in so doing, we get to love you back freely. God, I pray that if you've pricked and prodded us to take a step forward today, that you would give us the courage to do so. Help us to live for you and grow us as you see fit. Amen. I'd like to invite you to stand with us as we sing. You give. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. Check out our app or website at bridgewaycommunity.org for more messages or to take the sermon one step deeper by downloading the Sermon Discussion Guide. 